So great to worship with the greatest church in the entire world. If we could turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 44, and we'll begin with verse 1. While you're getting there, I'd like to thank Pastor for giving me this special opportunity to speak to this wonderful congregation. Shout amen if you have it. Shout out. I'm a cheater if you're looking at the screen. At least we got some honest folks in the house. And it reads like this. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jerusalem, one whom I have chosen. For I will pour water into him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offspring. And they shall spring up among the grass as willows by the water, courses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob. And another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, thy King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God, and who as I shall call, and shall declare it, and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people, and the kings that are coming, and shall come, let them show unto them, for fear ye not, neither be afraid, have not I told thee for that time, and have declared it. Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. One more passage of scripture. And it reads like this in Second Chronicles 7 and 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and I have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there would be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among the people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. He said, seek my face. There is no other God. If I shut up heaven, that there will be no rain, or if I command this locust to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among the people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart shall be there purposely. For just a few moments, 
I would like to talk to you on this simple topic. The drought is over. If we could lay our Bibles down and close our eyes, let's lift our voices to heaven. Let's forget about all the distractions that have been going on today or all week at work. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the for this opportunity to come into your house to lift your name. Lord, you are Jehovah Driver. Lord, you're my provider. Lord, thank you for keeping us safe as we traveled to work, God, and as we traveled home and traveled to church, oh God. Lord, let us leave different than what we came in. Lord, prick someone's heart, someone's heart, mind, and spirit today. Lord Jesus, touch my lips of clay, Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise and glory and honor today. And the believers say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. The word drought literally means dry, thirsty, desert ground. Who just loves who just loves digging in their in their flower garden when the ground is hard and dry? Anybody? Any, nope. None of us do. Now, if you do, here's an altar because you're just crazy. No one likes to dig when it's hard. It hurts your arms, your legs, just every muscle you try to dig, it hurts because you're giving everything you got to dig into the ground. We would much rather dig when the ground is wet and soft. The shovel just glides right into the ground with ease. There isn't a struggle at all. Somebody in this place, not you, but your neighbor is finding their finances that they're dry, thirsty, desert ground. Their relationships is in the dry, thirsty, desert ground. Or their salvation is in dry, thirsty, desert ground. I'm reminded of a scene from Facing the Giants when the head coach begins to question the school intercessor about his faith and belief in God. The man turns to the coach and gives him the story of two farmers that plowed their fields in the midst of a drought, and only one of the farmers went and planted seeds in the field. Both farmers prayed for rain. The intercessor says to the coach, which farmer do you think really trusted in God to bring forth the rain? The coach replied, I suppose the one that went and prepared his field and planted seeds. The intercessor replied, which man are you? Which man are we? Even in the midst of your drought, are you still praying? Are you still fasting for those needs in your life? Are you still harvesting? Even if you feel you are not seeing the increase right now, the rain is coming. Plant those seeds. Don't give up on this. It's time for harvesting. The word of the Lord tonight is drought is out of the way and the rain is going to rain in your life. I've come to tell you today that we need to prepare our hearts, get our minds stayed on Jesus. We need to see if we're rooted. If we're fasting, if we're rooting, we need to look at our hearts and see if we're right with him. I want to be a plant planted by living water. He says there is a time and a season for everything. So if this drought had a time and season, then I know my abundance has a time and a season too. 
I know it's dry, thirsty desert ground. That's what I see, but isn't what I see, it's what I hear. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, or the conception of what we've heard, and not by what I see. Many people die every year in famines that are due to drought in farming areas. If we allow ourselves to starve in the midst of a drought, we will die. It is important that to be prepared for those seasons in our lives. In order to prepare ourselves for a spiritual drought, we need to be, a, we need to be prayed up. We need to be fasted up, reading our Bibles daily, spending time with God. If we are, do all those things, then when a drought comes, our souls won't starve and die. Sometimes in droughts, they do not resolve after rain. It can take months or even years. One answered prayer doesn't end the drought. You need to keep pressing. For example, Sister Ruby prayed for years to see David in the house of the Lord. She kept on pressing. Yes, she may have felt there was a drought, but she just kept on pressing. She knew the importance of harvesting, even in the midst of a drought. You know what's wrong with today? The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. We need more men and women of God to keep on tending to the fields. They need a, there, there may be a drought, but we just need to keep on tending, preparing for the abundance of rain to fall. I see the desert, but I hear the abundance. I see the dry, thirsty desert ground, but I hear the abundance. Abundance is coming from the word hooper bowl, meaning throwing beyond, exceeding greatness, still more excellent, more than more exceeding excellence. God is saying that there is going to be a shifting from dry, thirsty desert ground, a shifting from non-productive, a shifting from just thrown together or more and more exceeding excellence. In this passage of Scripture, the Lord said, I am the first and I am the last. And beside me there is no God. There is no other God. Some of us in here have something in our lives that we don't want to let go. And they become our God. You always stay in a drought if you keep holding on. It could be your kids. It could be the money in your bank account. Some of us hold on to the things that aren't even going to heaven with us. When Moses was on the mount, what did they build? The children of Israel, what did they build? They built a golden calf, a graven image for them to worship. God was not pleased. God declared that the guilty ones would yet pay for their own deaths to be blotted out of his book. They were the same ones who, on the verge of entering the promised land, they, were de they would deny God's promise and sent into the wilderness to die of their sins. Why hold on to the things that won't even be in heaven with us? Yes, I said your kids would, could be your God. Yes, they might make it to heaven, but will you let the things that you hold on to be your God? Jesus said, he is the first and he is the last. Some people are so comfortable in the dryness still, they think everybody else 
is enjoying it. And when they see you trying to come out, they try to hold you back. But I learned to see the blessing in the dead weight. When you first experience dead weight, you become traumatized and hysterical. You fall apart, but you grow up. And after a while, it doesn't bother you anymore. Then you begin to move in the power and strength. Now you have to build, you, now you have built endurance and strength level. That is why you can count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your work worketh endurance. But yet, but let endurance have the perfect work, and you may be perfect and complete, wanting nothing. When dead weight comes, I'm going to shout. When dead weight comes, I'm going to get my praise on. When dead weight comes, I'm going to lift up holy hands. When dead weight comes, I'm going to dance straight through my drought. Perception is everything. When they perceived it to be Jesus, they received him. You cannot receive your what your mind won't perceive. You cannot receive in your hand what you cannot perceive in your mind. There can't be total reception until there is total perception. You got to be you got to get in your mind and to get it in your hand. You got to see the deliverance. You got to see your breakthrough. You got to see your miracle. As God promised Abraham, he promises to you whatever you can see, you can have. What you see is what you get, and you ain't get nothing yet, for eyes have not seen, ears hasn't heard, neither it is entered in the hearts of men, the good things that God hath prepared for those that love him. I'm going to see myself walk into a new season. I'm going to see myself walk into a new day. I'm going to see myself walk into a new dimension. As the musicians come, if we can all stand. Tell your neighbor, you're one moment away. You're one moment away from receiving your blessing. You're one moment away from see, receiving your new walk, your new day, your, the new dimension that you're going to be going through. Your drought is almost over. All you need to do is give yourself all to him. This altar is open. If you want the drought to be over, give your all to him. Let the abundance of his spirit fall on you tonight. There is a drought that may be coming, but if you just stay prayed up, stay fasted, you won't have to go through that drought. God will always be there. He's at the mention, he's there at the mention of his name. He's closer than a brother. He's right there. His ear is not deaf. His arm is not short. These altars are open tonight. We need to prepare our hearts for the drought that may be coming our way. We can all bow our heads and close our eyes. <laughs>